Welcome to New Week, New Music, reviewing the hottest tracks with the hottest takes of 2021. My name is Brandon. I'm Eric. And I'm Ben. Each week, we're looking at two albums released in 2021. And at the end of the year, we'll rank and compare all 100 albums. And tonight, we are kicking things off with Trippy Red with uh, featuring Travis Barker uh, with Neon Shark versus Pegasus. And we'll conclude with Tyron by Slow Tie. So uh, before we say anything, Neon Shark vs. Pegasus, like right there, contender for album name of the year. Uh, it's Yeah, it, it's a good one. You'd think it would, um, you know, it, it's got to be a pretty interesting album, right? With a name like that, right? Right? I'm beginning to think you didn't like this album very much, Ben. You, you're very perceptive, man. <laughs> this is This is a weird one for me in the fact that like, it was not as bad as I was expecting it to be going in, but it was still pretty damn bad. So for me, um, I've heard a little bit of Trippy Red's music in the past, and I had not been a fan of it. Um, we we picked him because it's a name and honestly because of the album title. Um, so I, I had pretty low expectations going into that. Um, then I see that uh, Travis Barker is like featured on it, and he's... Travis Barker has done a lot of shit post Blink-182 and also even during Blink-182. But um, so when I saw that, I was like, all right, my expectations for this album just went down again. And then I started <laughs> listening to the album and I was shocked that it was a rock album. Yeah, I wasn't ready and for that And so one. I had to like stop partway through the first song and like recalibrate. And during that process, my expectations for what I was about to listen to dropped to the lowest level I've ever had for an album. <laughs> like I had higher expectations for like the trapped record than for this record. Holy shit. At that. And, and I got to say it cleared. It's way better than my expectations were, but it isn't very good. Yeah. See, I had, I had always heard that the whole mumble rap scene had like an emo rock side to it like i've always heard that i've heard all these guys that are into this mumble rap stuff also do like emo rock and i i'd always heard this but i'd never heard the music and now i've heard the music and it it just kind of helps me understand a little more why everyone's shitting on mumble rap so bad i will say my uh, <laughs> my hot take of the day i still enjoyed this album more than the foo fighters record from last week no, wow. no. I, you know, I don't I don't agree, but I, I'm also not offended by that take. I mean I can I can like, definitely see how I that think would be the, the, case. the reason why I say this album isn't as bad as I was expecting to is because unlike pretty much every other like rapper's foray into rock music, I think this album did at least try to do something unique. Like I feel trippy red style does actually come through this music on like um all the other ones, like even going back to like Lil Wayne's or our logics or uh, machine gun right. Kelly's who's featured on here. Um, this is the first like rap rock record that actually tried. I feel like. And yeah, I, I do feel like um, I don't know anything about trippy reds music prior to this, but I do feel like his style actually does kind of work with this. Uh, much more than the aforementioned um, artists that you that you just listed. I, I do agree with you there. 
That being said, oh, it's just still pretty lousy and uninspired music. I mean, it's not good. I mean, I don't like. know. It's, it's not good. I, I didn't like, I didn't loathe this album. Like, you know, I could listen to it. It wasn't driving me crazy or anything like that, but there's just there's nothing of substance here at all. For me, it was just such a waste of, of time to make. Like, why make this? There's nothing There's nothing there. There's hardly anything to even really comment on. Just kind of bland all the way through. Yeah, I, I, I can't even really argue with that. But, but how did you feel about that Deftones feature? Oh, which one was that? <laughs> so, this is, is that unrelated, a, but... Uh, um, Geronimo. Geronimo. Uh, Geronimo. Yeah. Yeah, so so this I, this is unrelated to um, Trippy Red, but I do want to say, and we touched on this in the Deftones episode from last time, but you do have to give the Deftones credit for creating the sound that they have because immediately, you know, one or two seconds into that song, I'm like, oh, this is a Deftones feature. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's such a distinctive uh, tone that they've created, so... I guess we got to give a little bit of props to the Deftones here. Oh yeah, I mean they definitely have a sound, and I mean. Oh yeah, and everything else aside, yeah, they are the, instantly recognizable. The, the second part of that statement is that the Deftones sound does not work at all on this album. <laughs> it's no, crap, it just like not. the rest of it. Because <laughs> I mean, everything else besides that one song is like basically produced to sound as much like Blink One Eighty Two as possible. Yeah, exactly. Like how Machine and then, Gun like, Kelly's uh, like. Lyric style and tone is just such a blatant ripoff of what's his yeah. goddamn lead singer from Blink One Eight. I'm blanking on his name right now, but Travis Barker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Machine Gun Kelly did not for. try to do anything unique. Machine Gun Kelly tried to be no uh, as Blink One Eighty Two as possible. Yeah. Well, he had his own. Remember when he had his own pop punk? Yeah, album? that was, was produced last, last by year. Travis Barker. Yeah. So he brought oh, Travis Barker on, be like, "Hey, make me sound like you guys." God. I mean, if you get over the shamelessness of it, it's not the worst idea. <laughs> I can't really get over the <laughs> shamelessness. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm an inspired. You need a check. I Let's just do this. <laughs> God, that album was the machine so gun. fucking successful, dude. It was like on like the top selling list for was months. Was it really? It was awful. I will say this album is definitely better than the Machine Gun Kelly pop punk album. That's not saying I, much. I think I can confidently God, say atrocious. this is the best rap rock album, like rapper's rock album I've heard. Not because it's incredibly oh God, good. Such a low They're bar. all so bad. No, I, I, I might agree that's with that. Terrifying like, if that's for the as case. much as we're shitting on it. This guy at least made the concept somewhat passable. Like, I am evaluating this as a mm, mediocre yep. rock album. Uh, I mean, maybe even mediocre to bad rock album, but I'm like... Yeah, mediocre is, is honestly kind of pushing But, but it. I am like, you know what? Yeah, this, this qualifies as a rock record, which yeah. I don't think that's necessarily mm, right. true for some of the others. Yeah, like, thinking of, like, the other ones... You know what the worst... Uh, no, you can... You know what the worst uh, part is for me is... Is the Machine Gun Kelly feature on the first track might be the highlight of the album for me. Oh, what about the Machine say... Gun Kelly feature on the seventh track, Ben? Yeah, I didn't uh, respond to that one quite as much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, they were both completely identical to me. Like, because Machine Gun Kelly doesn't have talent. I'm, I'm convinced just, no. like, 
Eminem's diss track of Machine Gun Kelly just like the M&M destroyed him though. so Gotta... much that he's like, I <laughs> I can't do it anymore. It's like I, I I fleshed out every aspect of my artistic soul into that one track. <laughs> and I'll never ever be able to do it again. Uh, did you did you what? guys pick up on uh, that April is in Shark Week? Oh, that's some meme I'm not familiar with. No, that those are the lyrics. What's April is Shark Week, guys. And those are straight up lyrics April. off this album. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a week. <laughs> okay, then. I did not hear I mean, that, that part. Uh, But going into that, like, yeah, the, the, lyric, okay. I- the lyrics of this album are not spectacular. Alright, am I crazy? Were there Finding Nemo references throughout this album, or am I crazy? I would not be surprised. I, I, mean, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me in listen- the slightest, but I didn't pick up on any. I'd have to... I didn't listen to the lyrics... Uh, with enough uh, attentiveness to pick that up, but I feel like there were. I mean, they have a song, and I'm here not going to go back and called Sea World and Female Shark and Swimming Megalodon, Frozen Ocean, Megalodon. Man, there's a lot of there's a lot of aquatic. Uh, and then we have Dead going for, <laughs> I mean, for an album called Neon Shark. There sure are a lot of shark references. Which is another thing I, mean, I was not expecting. A lot of, a lot of deserts. <laughs> it's a concept ocean, album, Eric. Jesus. It's a con- <laughs> it's qualifies. Does this qualify it as a concept album? I think it might. I mean, it's better executed than funeral. <laughs> it might. Funeral. <laughs> he at least this would be the same. This song about sharks a little bit. You know. <laughs> he, he did. He did. <sighs> Where did the Pegasus part come in? Though? That's I feel the other like Pegasus part was, of that. Yeah, that was his, the name of his oh, last album. That was the which is like part. the second half of the album, uh, which we will not be covering in this review. Because that is um, old. I, I can sum up my opinions on that portion of it really quickly. It's terrible. So, um, what what was up with the fact that he he decided, okay, I'm going to do, I, I have this rap record, and I want to. I want to do like a bonus edition that's another rock record that's still part of the rap record. Okay, I kind of get it. It's a weird concept, but I kind of see what he was going for. But why is the 14th track on the rock section just a straight trap banger? Yeah, I know. I was going to say the same thing. Why is Dead Desert so out of place? on the, like, like, it's, that I mean, it's, on the all the rest of it's about shark shit and it's a desert. Yeah, so but it's, it's also a know. trap song on a... A it's shark also, rock album. The, guys, yeah. this album's bad. Like, that's why. <laughs> that's why. Because this album's like bad. That, but, but, but every song before that was was basically the same, like, kind of, you know, bland pop punk. And then you've got that out of nowhere. I don't know. Just <laughs> definitely out of place. It's also might be my favorite song in the album just because it's, you know, at least there's something there. It's certainly, good, you know, it is, it is certainly distinguishable from the rest of the album. But, I was also uh, curious why SeaWorld, the mix was so much worse than the rest of this album. This album's bad. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. That one was track yeah. stood out to me as having a, a pretty piss poor mix, whereas the rest of it actually sounded fine. It's kind of like, what? Well, I'm looking on the there? list and it looks like SeaWorld was produced by Travis Barker, it looks like. I don't know if that would have anything to do with it, but. I mean, the whole album was produced by Travis Barker, so like. There shouldn't be one just shitty song on there, right? Maybe they just ran out of studio time. I mean, (laughs) they're like, fuck it. So, and then that brings me to another weird thing about this album for me was the production both helped and hurt the album for me because on the one hand, it was just kind of so bland and repetitive throughout um, that it, 
you know, it made the album really dull. But at the same time, I felt like, you know, the instrumentals and the production in general just kind of had like a soothing quality that prevented it from being gratingly bad. So the result was just like a big like miasma of of boredom. I kind of wonder if like nothing. It wasn't as bad as like like a little way in or a, or some of the parts on the Eminem album, but. I, I do wonder, like, if this know. had a really garagey vibe, if it would be better. Like, if it, I think it'd be worse. Not, not like, I really not like super shit production, but like a like Metallica Garage mm -hmm. Inc. or like Ghost's first record, where it sounds a little bit more lo-fi. Like, not bad, but like sounds produced cheaply for an up-and-coming rock band. I think it would. I think it would make it worse because the songwriting is so bad that, like, for me, it's like <laughs> the songwriting's terrible. But the production makes it like forgettable enough to where it doesn't piss me mm. off. I think if they went with what you were talking about, it would be like bad songwriting on top of really just grating and pointless production. I think it would have actually brought the album even further down for me if they had done that. Yeah, probably. I can just say you guys have put more thought into this album than I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. It's <laughs> yeah, probably uh, true. Uh, that's, I mean, well, that's about all I got to say on this one. Like My, my closing statements yeah. are it's better than you probably think it is but it's not very good oh shit i did like this more than foo fighters <laughs> <laughs> is it higher on your list right now yeah i just referenced my list i will say trippy red tried harder than dave grohl did yeah i, I think he yeah. did i'll agree with that it's at least not he didn't take foo this fighters super seriously me, i mean put that out there he called it neon shark and he sang about shark week there's only you can only take that so seriously. Like, props for that. No son of mine. Knows it's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I think we're. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you can skip this. this album. You don't need to. No reason yeah. to listen. Yeah, to don't don't listen to this. Um, waste of time. Maybe if you really like the idea of Blink-182, but hate actual Blink-182 for that very specific niche of people. Oh. Uh, but, um, yes, yeah, so moving on to an album I was genuinely excited for. Uh, that is uh, Slow Tie with Tyron. Um, I first became aware of Slow Tie uh, from his 2018 record, uh, There's Nothing Good About England. Uh, which is great, great record. If you guys haven't heard it, I uh, would highly, highly recommend it. Nothing good about Britain. Um, Nothing great about Britain. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was pretty excited for this. Um, and he also had that absolute banger of a track with uh, the Gorillas last year, which I put amongst, uh, I put somewhat controversially. Oh, uh, which, which one was on he my on? List of was he on? Uh... You. Oh yeah, on, you really um, liked that one. Uh, yeah, and there, I think it was like Ben's oh, like least favorite. Yeah, I remember that. Wait, which one? Are you talking about Pac-Man? No, which, that, which that was, was uh, Schoolboy Q. It was uh, Momentary Bliss. Oh, Momentary Bliss. Oh, I didn't realize Slow Tie was on that. Okay. Yeah, that was no, Slow I, Tie. I do like but that anyway. song. I, I revised my opinion on that. Yes! Vindication. <laughs> right, but anyway, I was pretty stoked for this record. Um... And without, like, before getting into it, like, just seeing, like, the, the two halves or the two parts of the album, the first is all caps, the second is all lowercase, so I'm thinking, like, okay, I think he's, you know, going for, like, a two sides of a coin type thing here, we'll see how it plays out, and 
the the first half is you know trap bangers and the second half is like really like kind of deep introspective uh modern hip-hop um and i think uh the final product is pretty fucking good i was i really really enjoyed this record yeah i, I thought overall this was pretty good and and i think the reason that i enjoyed this so much is because of that structure because i'm, I'm not a big uh not really big onto like drill beats and that whole UK rap kind of scene. So I put it on and like, I was, I was very meh on it. Um, and I did not really have very high expectations just cause I didn't know what it was and I just got off trippy red. So I'm like, okay, two part, whatever. And then the second disc started and I did really enjoy that one. Cause that's, that's much more up my alley stylistically. And I think that's, that's really solid in the, the fact that there's kind of, there's something here for everybody in that sense, whether you're into the heavier, harder styles of hip hop or the, uh, the more kind of laid back chill styles, they're both here and they're both really high quality. Ben, what'd you think? Yeah, I would say I, I'm, I'm in a relatively similar camp to you guys. Um, I as well did not go in with super high expectations for this. Um, even listening to the album, it's definitely not style of music I'm typically a huge fan of. Um, but that said, I think he did he did it pretty well. Um, and again, the, the the structure of the album I think definitely helped um, to create a more interesting product. Um, again, with the first half being much more aggressive, loud, hard hitting. Um, it's kind of short bangers, and then the second uh, side of the album getting a lot more uh, dark, um, vulnerable. I think it worked pretty well. Um, and while I, it's not going to go super high on my list, I don't think, um, I did walk away from it, you know, somewhat pleasantly surprised. Um, so kind of getting back to uh, like the split between sides, um, I, I do agree with you guys that um, the the second half is the better half Um by, by a long shot, honestly. Um, but that being said, I do think the first half works really well as bangers. Like, oh, yeah. But they're, you know, they're loud, energetic, exciting in your face, and they're super fun. But there really isn't anything deep to that, I guess, except maybe play with fire. No, not at all. Um, but but they're still fun tracks, uh, but they're just, you know, fun, mindless tracks. Uh, but they aren't exceptionally fun, mindless tracks. No, they're, you know, they're solid, you know, there's a solid end of the banger spectrum. Um, yeah, again, and, and that's, I guess, one of my, one of the reasons I'm kind of put off by this style of, of hip hop and, and lyricism is, I've, it's kind of comparable to the Young Lean album where, I just find that the lyrics seem to be pretty much totally meaningless for the most part. Obviously that changes on the second half of the album, but I feel like it's just throwing words out. It's just kind of like a word salad that doesn't mean anything and not necessarily opposed to that, but you gotta, you gotta be bringing something. Yeah, like, the wordplay has to be really or good. Or like the if you're the, the rhyme structure needs to be really creative or something like that. If exactly. if the lyrics yeah. themselves don't really mean anything, 
you got to be bringing something else. And yeah, exactly. um, I do think there are some pretty good sounding bars on the first half, um, but they aren't mm-hmm. anything totally. like super special or ridiculous. They, they, they sound pretty damn good. But other than just like, oh, that was, you know, exciting and fun. That's really it. Oh, and I mean, I got to say, too, I mean, that style is huge in the UK right now, right? Like, yeah, that's the sound of the hip hop scene over there. And so as much as it's not for us, it's also. I, 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 It is for a lot of people. Yeah, and, And I don't and it's it doesn't for me, it does not fall into the camp of like modern country or some of those where it's like, yeah, this is just objectively bad. This is still in the more I don't stylistically like this camp. Of, for 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 that UK drill kind of sound, I mean, I think part of it is just the like the drill scene is like still pretty young, like it's it's still an an emerging. Uh, Reminds me of like style. gangster rap a little bit, where it, it's not so much about what you're saying, so much as just kind of hyping yourself up and flexing. Which yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know what is a hell of a flex? Doing an album that has two completely disjointed styles on it like this that actually works. Yeah. 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 No, no, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) That part was, I think, pulled off quite well, and it was, uh, it was kind of good to see the the duality of it. And and you know, I agree with you. I think the second half is really where the album hits its stride, and and I think something that's you know memorable. My my last kind of comment on the structure would be that. I liked how, I think you already mentioned Play With Fire, the the seventh track on the side one, which is Mm -hmm. the final track on side one, kind of slowed it down. And it kind of prepped you to get into side two. And right at the end of the seventh track of side two, ADHD, um, tempo picks up a little bit, the aggressiveness picks back up a little bit to close it out and kind of bookends it where the the end of both sides almost kind of leads you back into the other side. I thought that was... You know, yeah, I thought really that was choice. Uh, exceptionally well done, and getting uh, a little bit uh, deeper into uh, into the album. One moment on the album, I, I really want to highlight. I think it was ADHD. It may have been Feel Away. I don't remember off the top of my head, um, but where uh, he like it, like it breaks down, and then it has like the phone call where it's just like him talking to a friend or brother or something and like he has through like a bit of like a strained voice he's just like hey man i just wanted to let you know that i, I love you man like that you guys you guys remember what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i love you bruv yeah um on my second listen i i actually picked up like before like especially with like how you know vulnerable and introspective the second half of the album is like he it, it gets really emotionally dark yeah and it does, yeah. It definitely does. And like listening to that moment, it's kind of like he, him talking himself off the ledge, and like bringing him back. You know, like deciding not to kill himself. I don't, because, um, and I don't know. I just thought it was just super powerful and super well done that I, I didn't immediately pick up on uh, my first listen to, uh, but I, I just thought it was a super cool moment. That w- that was really well done. I thought um, other moments I liked were uh, more musically than lyrically. Um, I really liked how on uh, Terms he brings in that uh, Dominic Fike chorus, I think it is. Oh, and that feature was amazing. Yeah. That, I mean, 
what a what a banging feature and then um the other the the feature on the fourth track as well um having that different um style of voice come in broke the album up a little bit for me in a you know we're, we're talking been a solid 30 minutes of rap from this one guy i mean you you start to get sonically repetitive a little bit and so bringing in some of those kind of hooks and choruses from the guest features i i thought helped a lot helped kind of freshen it up right towards the end and keep mm-hmm. me engaged yeah i i think uh the features across the board did a great job on both sides i love uh asap rocky on maza um, and also, I think uh, like Skepta kind of stole the show a bit on Cancelled. Uh, yeah, uh, that was and, a good yeah, feature. Yeah, uh, Deb Never off on Push that you had mentioned is a great feature. James Blake and Mount Kimball off of Feel Away, I think was another really, yeah. really great feature. The only one I wasn't super wild about was Denzel Curry, and it's just because I wanted more Denzel Curry. Yeah, I feel I, like Curry Denzel could have. Uh, could have really uh, shown, like, really starred on the first half of the album, bringing him in for just kind of a throwaway chorus on so, so three was interesting. Kenny Beats actually talked about this on Twitch on Monday, and apparently this pissed off a shitload of people because they wanted more Denzel. Apparently, what <laughs> happened was um, he was producing this track, uh, and he got the hook from Dominic Fike. Then he built the track, and while he was doing the unlocked sessions with Denzel Curry, he just said, oh, hey, record something real quick. And he just recorded it on his iPhone, and they chopped it up just to add some flavor to the beat and did all of that before they even gave it to Slow Tie. Huh. And so they, uh, something that he's talked about pretty extensively is he's huge on, like, oh, somebody plays a bass line on this song, they get a co-production. He's very big on, like, making sure everybody gets credit that put any effort at all into the track. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those, like, this was supposed to be just kind of a cool Easter egg, and then people expected, like, they wanted full-blown right, you Denzel. see his name on there. And, yeah. <laughs> He's almost right. a little bit of a case of getting too big for your own good in that sense, where, like, it's supposed to be a throwaway kind of fun thing, and it it let people down a bit. But, but man, the hook on that track is banging. Yeah, the hook on that track is amazing. Um, but knowing that, I, I'm actually okay with it now, but just like, yeah, going in, I was expecting a Denzel verse, and I didn't get it, and I was kind of bummed. Yeah, I, I felt exactly the same way, and then I heard that, and I was like, yeah, okay, I feel good now, so that's why I, f- I, I wrote that down, because I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that actually changes the context a lot, but I, I do think, too, I, I, interesting moment for me was like, I feel like the the Kenny Beats production is becoming similar to like the Deftones for me. Like I heard the 808s on his track. He's like, oh, yep, that's, I recognize <laughs> that, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. But I also, uh, production-wise, really liked the beat on uh, Cancelled. I don't know, I don't remember who produced it, but I, I don't know what that like wompy bass synth that was going on was, but it's super fun. And one thing that uh, I actually want to... Uh talk about on that on that track with the bass is it's kind of produced to make it sound like the bass is going to be like absolutely crushing but it's actually really not like i i even checked to make sure my subwoofer was on and it was but it i mean it don't get don't get me wrong like it's it's bassy but it's like produced to sound like it just it's this crushing wall of bass when it's actually very tastefully produced yeah it's it's really well like and I think that's probably true for a lot of the whole first side is like these could have been over the top so easily and they're not, you know, mm-hmm. they sound hard. 
throughout as as a drill beat should but it sounds pretty tastefully done like there's nothing where like oh yeah that's too much or oh this is ear fatiguing or anything like that no i mean it's i'd say throughout the whole thing is pretty good to listen to yeah um yeah i I don't think there was at any moment where it was like hard to listen to or you know exhausting to listen to no I, i would agree it was yeah it was very um i think tastefully done um it was aggressive when it needed to be and it was softer when it needed to be and yeah there was nothing that really jumped out at me as being uh anything other than than what they were going for Mm -hmm. you guys pick up on the fact that we have you know british millennials now using harry potter as a flex (laughs) 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 what what was the harry potter but i feel like i I, I said you a snake slytherin i'm harry potter (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like i remember the, i remember hearing star- it i couldn't remember exactly what the line is though but i remember I'm pretty hearing. sure there was a star wars line in here somewhere too if i recall but i mean was it's it is kind of weird to like see those like being part of like you know hip-hop that references you, like shit. run out of the industry back in the day yeah that would have gotten you made fun of it like middle school <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just funny it's so funny seeing stuff like that it's like so counter to what you it's would an think. Extremely millennial flex. I think we're just. I think we're just showing yeah. our age right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Boomers over here. <laughs> but, yeah, that's um, that's that's it for me. Um, I, um, I I love I love this record. Um, it's uh, I I would highly recommend this one. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend you check this one out. And and the best part is. You don't even have to listen to the whole thing. If you're like, oh, you're saying good things about it, but I wouldn't listen. I, I don't like UK drill hip hop. Just listen to side two. Or if you don't, yeah. if you don't care for, you know, kind of modern, modern kind of slower, more laid back kind of throwback style hip hop, go listen to the first half. You know, it's like, no, that's so like the so whole cool. thing, like the whole thing, both sides is only 35 minutes. It's not particularly long. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I would I would recommend the whole thing, but I enjoy like personally I enjoyed side two more, and so there's also that aspect to it where you can pick and choose. I I also enjoyed side two more. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think, especially you know, I think side two is better as a result of having listened through side one first. At the same time, I don't think it's absolutely necessary. You know, I think you could potentially. I I do do think it does a good job of showing slow ties ability. Um, Oh yeah. But he covers a lot of ground here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's it. Um, check it out. Definitely check it out. Um, and thank you all very much, uh, for, for listening, uh, to us this evening. Uh, be on the lookout for something we will be recording soon. Hopefully, uh, uh, we will be we're coming back with another full discography review one that I'm personally incredibly excited for um, we are going to be reviewing the, the the gods of jazz rap really with the tribe called quests um, yeah uh, I'm a big fan of those guys so I, I'm super excited to hear what uh, you guys have to say about it and I'm super excited to talk about it um, as for our next main episode, uh, join us next week. We'll be uh, reviewing Mason Lindahl's Kissing Rosie in the Rain and Nick Cave and Warren Ellis with Carnage. 
Um, I know almost nothing about Mason Lindahl, but I'm super fucking stoked for Nate Cave. Yeah, I don't know anything about either, really. I've, I've heard the name Nick Cave a lot, but I'm not... I've never heard his music, so... Yeah, same here. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I'm... I, I got... Some, I got some high expectations for Nick Cave, so hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, we don't have another, I don't know, it's Lady Gaga or Algier situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. uh, thank you all very much uh, for joining us this evening, and join us next time. Have a good night. <laughs>